Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas today. You guys are going to love this brand. Peter Manning, NYC. On the podcast today is the co-founder and CEO, Jeff Hansen. Jeff, man, and you're back in the office in New York. I love this. I'm excited. It's so great to have you on the podcast. Well, hey, Justin, thanks for having me. Uh, Great, great to be here as well. And yeah, we've been uh, back in our office here in the Flatiron District of New York uh, since last fall. So I love uh, it. it feels good. Oh, yes. I'm telling you, I mean, let's go, let's get things moving. Right. And you, I mean, gosh, you've been there since last fall. This is great. Um, I'm excited about markets opening up. We'll talk about, um, economy shortly. Um, but man, it's so great to have you here. I'm loving your brand and uh, what you're doing around the clothing sector. And you've got an interesting niche, which I can't wait to, to share with our audience. But let's do this. So Jeff, how about share with us a little bit of your background and how you got into just this industry overall? Sure. Happy to do that. I've been working to help build consumer brands most of my career. Uh, I, I had a... Um, uh, a partnership with my brother uh, going way back where we would uh, buy and run uh, small consumer brands, uh, mostly in the fashion and, and beauty space. Uh, some of the companies we've uh, owned and run in the past include uh, Frette and, and La Perla, a couple of Italian luxury brands, uh, as well as Jay McLaughlin, which is an apparel brand based here in New York that kind of got me started with Peter Manning. Um, and uh, we generally try and find brands that have a lot of consumer appeal and that we feel like we can add a lot of value to and that also target an interesting and and um a unique market that's awesome and then as far as and it's great to have that background so coming into this role and starting peter manning um you knew the market in the industry so did that help you to get started and and take the first step it, it did um you know, be, being both owners and, and managers of, of businesses is, is helpful because they're two, you know, often uh, very different perspectives. Uh, and uh, we kind of, both my brother and I grew up that way, and I've been trying to do it ever since. It's a, uh, a nice way to get in and manage a business, but also uh, really have a, a base understanding of, of what needs to be done to, you know, develop it from an owner's perspective. And ultimately, you know, either sell it or take it public. Totally. Uh, there's always got to be an, an, an exit in mind in a lot of these cases. Um, we we actually had a, a private equity fund that we managed on the side in addition to managing the business. It's a little bit of a, a unique um, approach to this. There aren't a lot, a lot of guys who, you know, will, will straddle both sides of that. Uh, typically, you're either an investor or a manager. And we kind of found a way. We sort of stumbled into it. It wasn't natural, but we sort of stumbled into it because we were operators by nature. And, uh, and then we ended up owning some things and naturally we wanted to go in and run them or run them ourselves. Cause we felt like, you know, we were the best candidates to do it. So that, it. that's how it, 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 it came about historically. And same thing with, with Peter Manning. I mean, I, I had uh, returned from Italy, uh, seven years ago or so and landed here in New York. And, um, you know, Peter and I were introduced through a mutual friend who ran another brand and Peter was just getting this company off the ground. Uh, and, and I listened to the concept. He's like, hey, I'm a, I'm a shorter fellow. 
and I can never find clothes that fit. And it's really frustrating. And I've been, you know, 40 years trying to do this and have right. either had to take everything to the tailor or, you know, shop in the boys department or just wear ill-fitting clothes. And, and I thought, wow, you know, you don't look that short. And yet, you know, there are a lot of guys even shorter than you, this must be a real issue. And I thought the concept was great, uh, sure. really an exceptional one. And so I jumped right in and, you know, same kind of thing. I, I invested some money in the business, you know, Peter and I have self-financed this thing from the start and, uh, and, and agreed to run it for him. He's Peter's a guy from the theater. Uh, he, uh, you know, is, is a playwright and does some stuff in theater here in New York. And so this was a personal problem for him and he was excited to launch the concept, but he's not really a business guy. So he was excited to have a partner come in who's got some experience in, in building and, and managing these things. Love and that's it. how we got started. That's awesome. I love the story. Um, Peter Manning, NYC.com, uh, obviously based in New York. Um, clothes for the not so tall, um, which is kind of cool. So, and what a great sector um, to focus on. So you decide to start the business and hey, we have a, a business problem here, right? You're, you're, you know, you guys have experienced it. And so how did you go from that to, hey, we're going to start a business in this space? And what was first? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, what was most appealing about it is it, it served a, a very specific need uh, that wasn't being met anywhere else in the market. And that's always what I learned with with consumer brands to try and target and to try and identify because you know, the, tr- the trouble with uh, being in the consumer space is that a, a lot of categories are totally oversaturated. Um, and, and I don't really have any interest in, in being a part of that. You know, there's enough kind of product, you know, we're, we're over consumed here in America in particular. <laughs> sure. So I, I didn't want to add to any of that. Uh, you know, we often say around the office here, the world doesn't need another fashion company and that's right. for sure. Right. Uh, but, it, but it does need this one. Um, you know, we, we are targeting a group of guys who can't find clothes that fit. Um, right. and, and so it's serving a real need and, and the, you know, initial reaction and response to the concept that we got from the market and from consumers and sort of the loyal engagement we've had with those guys since we started, you know, really reflects that. I mean, I we've it. got, uh, it's the kind of response and, and that we get in, in, in reviews and so forth from our guys that I've never seen with any of the brands I've worked with before. And I've worked with some brands that have, you know, some pretty good emotional appeal with, with customers. So, uh, it's been exciting. That's awesome. Now, um, how do you define, a not so tall person. In other words, and maybe people know, I don't know, is six foot tall or is it, is there a range that you guys focus on? I don't know if that sounds like a weird question. I'm just trying to figure out like, if no, I'm, it's spot on. <laughs> okay, great. It, it, it's spot on. I mean, you know, Peter started the, the, uh, it was originally called, you know, clothes for guys five, eight and under. Oh, and, very good. Um, okay. We, we, we scratched that almost immediately just because I know from a branding perspective that that just wasn't going to work. First of all, it's a mouthful. Right. Uh, so it's not That's a, a lot. But, <laughs> doesn't exactly, uh, you know, uh, uh, flow from the mouth, but, uh, it, uh, is also a little arbitrary, right. And, and sure. at, at five, eight, um, you know, the average uh, guy here in the U S is five, nine, and we really can fit and, and provide clothes for, you know, that average guy and below. So, you know, what you find, what you find when you, start working with our customers is you can have guys that are five ten and just happen to have long torsos. So they need short pants, right? And you can also find guys that are, you know, five, six and happen to have long legs. And so there's all kinds of body types. And so really what what we've been targeting is, and it's getting a little cheeky, right? With the, with the messaging and the marketing, but the not so tall thing is meant to just describe guys who can't find clothes that fit them well, uh, from traditional retailers. And so it ends up being kind of anybody from five, nine or five, 10 on down. But of course, you know, the bulk of our market ends up being guys, you know, sort of in that five, three, five, four, five, 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 six, 
price range. Um, you know, these are guys that really have a tough time finding, you know, pants, shirts, jackets, pretty much anything that fits properly in traditional retailers. Sure. Yeah. Great. On your website, you got a great fit guide, um, shop by size, or you can use a size calculator. Pretty cool. Um, which is super helpful, right? I mean, especially if you're not sure, um, and you're buying online. So, uh, where did you guys start? Where, was there a set of products that were the initial focus? In other words, like pants or shirts, or I don't know, I mean, you guys, maybe, uh, you can t- share that. I don't know. Where did you, where did you end up starting in terms of what your product offering looked like? Pants, pa- pants are definitely the, the biggest pain point. Um, you know, this gets in, into a little bit of the, the weeds, but, but, you know, for the longest time, uh, the, the shortest inseam in, in a pant that was made available from traditional retailers was a 30 inch inseam. Oh, um, okay. I had no know, idea. I'm, I'm, I'm five, nine. I grew up wearing 30 inch inseams my, my whole life. And, you know, they just sort of barely fit. And I kind of realized, well, shoot, I'm average height. And, you know, it pretty much means everybody that, that's shorter than me can't find a single pair of pants that fits. So, you know, we started with pants and we do pants now from kind of 25 inch inseams up to, up to 30. So, um, there's a huge range of, of sizes that just aren't available in the traditional market that we're now offering and that pretty much serve, you know, half that market. So that was the biggest pain point from there. We went on to develop, you know, shirts because our customers said, Hey, you know, yeah, it's great that you're making pants, but you know, anytime <laughs> I, I buy a shirt, too. it's, you know, it's, <laughs> right. it's, it's hanging, it's hanging down to my knees and oh my the, the sleeves hanging over my hand. And, you know, even if I get a small slim or whatever, which is, you know, not often available, it's kind of at the bottom of the stack, right. You know, sure. at, at, at traditional stores, it, it still doesn't fit great. So we started doing pants and then moved to outerwear, you know, outerwear is a big thing for our guys. Cause again, the, you know, oftentimes their jackets fit like tents, right. They're, they're baggy and big and hanging too low and sleeves off their arms. And, and, and those are, uh, pretty valuable for our guys because unlike a shirt or a, or a pair of pants, they can't really be tailored. You know, it's hard to tailor a leather jacket, right. Or, or sure. at, at least very expensive. So, you know, we just kind of kept broadening the offering and we've now got a pretty comprehensive, complete set of clothes for our guys, you know, everything from really casual stuff that we developed right in the last year through the pandemic, a lot of work from home stuff, joggers and sweats and comfy things all the way up to, you know, suiting and, um, and uh, tuxedos even. So our, our guys now kind of look to us as a lifestyle brand yeah. for everything they need in their wardrobe. It's very cool. Yeah, I was thinking just traditional retail, you see, you know, the, I'd say the, the traditional stack of clothes and you even see like a big and tall area. A lot of stores have that, but you're right. There's not the a section for the not so tall, like as you call it. Um, So at, was there a point when you started that you started getting traction? You're like, okay, I think we have something here. I mean, how did that look when you, you first got started? Yeah, almost almost immediately, um, we we uh, have enjoyed up until last year, of course, uh, tri- triple digit growth, wow. right? Uh, almost from the start, where we were basically doubling the business every year, and uh, and so got a really nice response from our guys, and we've kind of what's been interesting is built this segment because the segment didn't really exist, right? When we when we went and looked at like Google search volume for our keywords and terms, it didn't exist when, when we started, right? Guys didn't even know to search for, you know, clothes for shorter guys or whatever. And so we've kind of built that as we've built the company, we've sort of built the industry or the segment, you know, for the not so tall guy or this particular segment, sub-segment of the fashion uh, industry ourselves as we've built the company. And the response has been just great. Um, we have shipped to uh, obviously all 50 states in the U.S. Uh, we shipped to probably 46 or 48 countries now. I mean, this wow. is the beauty of the internet, right? Amazing. Guys can find you uh, anywhere. from anywhere. Sure. And, and, and our guys are everywhere, right? right. So 
you know, after the US, Canada, the UK, uh, Australia, and India are our next four biggest markets. And we continue to sort of, and that's really without any, we're not marketing or we don't have any kind of infrastructure in those countries. This is just guys finding us from overseas and sure. we'll, sh- we'll ship our stuff anywhere. We obviously want to get our, our clothes to our guys. So, um, and, and then the other interesting thing about it that's been great is, again, like there's no geographic concentration whatsoever because our guys are everywhere. There's been no other real concentration either. I mean, it's a pretty diverse group of customers. I mean, as long as you're in our height demo, you know, if you can find us, we can generally get you something that you need. So sure. we have customers that are college kids, you know, and coming into our shop with their mom, you know, to get stuff for school, all the way up to 80 plus year old guys who have to literally phone their ordering because they don't really know how to work this internet thing. So, right. and everybody wow. in between, I mean, it, it's been, it's been great. We, um, I, I think the only, uh, issue we've had at all, the only complaint from customers is our stuff's priced uh, a little bit higher uh, right. than, than maybe some traditional brands. I, I kind of view it as kind of J crew pricing, but, you know, I think a lot of America does find that sort of expensive. So, you know, uh, we, we probably lose a few guys uh, based on price. But otherwise, if you're in our demo, our height demo, we generally um, appeal to you. Wow. And then uh, as you were growing, was it all word of mouth or did you did you do any sort of marketing or what did that look like as you've grown the brand over time? Uh, so we've been focused mostly on on digital marketing. Yep. Uh, you know, we're we're trying to leverage technology as, as an e-commerce company. Totally, you know, I'm a I'm a big believer in that. There's Absolutely. a lot of stuff that we can take advantage of. So, you know, clearly uh, taking advantage of digital marketing with all the learning and, and AI opportunities there to continue to be more efficient with your spend has been a big part of our strategy. And um, yeah, mostly through paid search, paid social, uh, you know, general display, advertising, remarketing, retargeting is how we built this. We, we haven't been able to spend quite as aggressively as, as we'd like, uh, but that was on purpose. As I said, Peter and I have, have financed this from the start. We didn't go out and raise you know, $10 million of venture funding or anything we wanted to do our, ourselves. We're big believers in the concepts. We want to own it ourselves. And as a result, we had to run it profitably almost from the beginning as well, too. So, you know, I think outside of the first 18 or 24 months, we've been profitable ever since, including through last year. So wow, that's impressive. That, that, that's, that's, that's good news. And, but it's also, you know, ha, ha kept us in check a little bit on, on how aggressively we can grow the brand and build the right. awareness through heavy marketing spend. Right. It makes sense. Now, how does it work? Like from an inventory perspective, is everything made to a fit guide, guide or is it custom or do you hold inventory for all of these elements in the shop? Like, what does that look like and how have you managed that? Yeah, we do. It's it's one of the very favorable elements of the of the business model um, is is the inventory management. It's it's pretty simple in large part because we're a fashion company without any fashion risk is really how I like to describe it. And and I probably wouldn't get involved in a fashion company that that wasn't structured this way, just because that's always what sinks fashion companies is the fashion risk, right? right you, you're out there trying to predict what guys want next fall or next spring. And if you get it wrong, you can't sell your product and you have enough money to buy for the you know subsequent season. And so, you know, with our model, our guys aren't looking for leading edge, cutting edge fashion stuff, right? That latest, you know, invention from Tom Ford or whatever, our guys just want pants to fit. So, you know, we've been able to start, we have sort of a pyramid strategy where we start at the top with like, okay, if we're going to do our first pant, what's the most common pant guys want and wear? Okay. A chino or a jean, you know, what's the most common, you know, shirt a guy wants? Well, a straight white or blue button up, you know, what's the most common jacket a guy wants, you know, a field jacket or a bomber. And, you know, we can work our way down from that. So, 
pretty much everything we make, we sell through hundred percent, you know, every season, every year, and we're not left with any inventory that we either have to dispose of or, or give away. And, you know, that makes the whole model a lot more efficient and a, and a lot lower cost. Sure. And I noticed you also have a loyalty program. Um, I thought that was unique. I mean, not every retailer has that. And how does that work for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, we kicked it off just this last year, you know, interestingly, in the middle of the pandemic, but it's been something we wanted to do for a while. Uh, obviously, because I think it's a more popular regular thing for e-commerce companies, but right. even more so for our brand and our concept, and our customer base, it made t- a ton of sense because we do have a very loyal, engaged following, right? Our, our guys really can't buy stuff elsewhere. I mean, there are a couple of, of new upstarts now that are trying to do the same thing, but don't have nearly as broad an offering. And the traditional guys are trying to tiptoe a little bit into our, our segment, but haven't done it on any meaningful basis yet. So our guys kind of keep coming back to us. You know, we've got a great repeat purchase uh, rate with our guys. You know, 60% of our orders are, are, are completed by uh, existing customers. So a loyalty program made a ton of sense. Uh, we, we, wanna, we obviously want to keep them engaged and, and continue to incent them to buy more from us. I love it. Uh, I always love to ask our guests, like, what have been two or three of the biggest lessons learned or challenges you've had to overcome in growing a brand? And I think especially in the fashion space, it's... It's under. It's, I think the segment has been under a lot of pressure. You know, just generally across retail, it seems like you guys have found a good niche for growth. Like, what, what would be two or three things you'd share with our audience in terms of some of the biggest lessons learned in, in growing something like this? You know, I, I think first and foremost for a small company is that the, the typical pitfall is just don't overspend. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you, you, it's what often uh, uh, gets companies in trouble and ultimately puts them out of business. Is you, you just can't. Uh, spend more than you take in. And, and um, we were disciplined about that. I think it's, it's one nice derivative of, you know, self-starting and financing the business yourself, as opposed to bringing an outside funding, because you just can't spend more than you have, right? Whereas if you have a four chest of, of, venture funding or something else like that. You can often run losses for a period of time thinking, okay, I'm going to build the brand and build the awareness, even though I'm running losses. And then at some point I'll flip the switch and turn off the marketing spigot and you know we'll, we'll be profitable. Well, when you do that, you don't always know that you have a profitable model in there somewhere, right? You, right? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Maybe when you go to switch off the spigot, you know, the business disappears. So if, if you, if you have to be profitable almost from the start, it forces you to not overspend and to be more disciplined about that. And so I think that's sort of the biggest lesson, but, um, you know, also, uh, just being thoughtful about your marketing and your messaging. I mean, we have a very tricky, uh, messaging challenge in, in this business. I think it's why it hasn't been done before, you know, in our segment, you know, targeting these not so tall guys, right? right. Shorter guys, you know, short guys, let's just call it what it is. It's like, you know, we've, we've been very careful in crafting our branding and our marketing and our messaging to talk to our guys in a way that makes them feel comfortable and confident and, you know, excited to try our stuff uh, as as a way to sort of enhance their own lives in in, in a small way. You know, you have to be careful not to, there's definitely a, you know, stigma associated with, with our demographic. And so, you know, when we first, when I first started to research it, uh, when Peter brought it up to me, you know, I, I did some, you know, searches on, on the concept and, you know, I couldn't find many, but there was like one shop in in Chicago that somebody uh, opened and had since shut down called, uh, 
Napoleon's tailor, right? And you wonder why he didn't, you know, why he <laughs> went out it. of business, right? And right. There's another one out on the West Coast called, um, I think literally it's called Clothes for Guys 5, 8, and Under. And, and it, you know, he's not doing so well. And you just sort of look at the branding and the messaging and the marketing right. these guys the did. And it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just not, you, 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 it's clear why nobody's really succeeded with it. So we, we've been very thoughtful with that. I mean, you know, we, we do it a little tongue in cheek. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We kind of have a good sense of humor here. Yeah. But at the same time, I think talk to our guys in a very, you know, a direct and, and respectful way. And, and it's, it's been reflected in the responses we get. I mean, I, I, again, it's, I, I've never had this before, but we get reviews and feedback from customers that are, you know, very emotional, right. Cause this is touching an important part of their life. It's a, you know, the, the young guy who, you know, wore our suit and, and, you know, got the job interview, uh, nailed the job interview and got the job or, you know, another guy who, you know, had a great date, you know, cause finally That's felt cool. confident and looked, <laughs> looked good in his clothes and totally. you know, didn't have to worry about, you know, feeling and, and looking funny. So there's a lot of that, which I think, you know, for Peter and I, guys at our age, you know, uh, who've been doing, you know, things like this for a long time, I wasn't interested in just another startup. I mean, this right. is something that I think is uh, not only a nice business opportunity, but, you know, touches guys and, and uh, adds to the community. I love it. That's really, really cool. I, I think well said too, in terms of focus and um, a brand that's making a, a real impact. Um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy, buy your clothes, uh, try on, et cetera. You bet. Uh, of course, uh, petermanning.com, petermanningnyc.com, either will work. And then we've also got a fit shop here in the Flatiron District at 22nd and Broadway in New York. Uh, open, safe. I love it. Masked up, everything. Masked so come up. on by. That's awesome. Jeff, it has been so great meeting you. I'm excited. I can't wait to stop by and say hello um, in the next couple of weeks. Great. Yeah, I look forward to meeting you in person. And thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Great. Thanks, Justin. Really appreciate you having me. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.